We're making an ad. Napping yeah. ad. This is where I think if we're doing it right, Alec Baldwin comes in. He says a couple things. Mm. He listens to the podcast every week. Yep. Has he been canceled? Wait, is Alec Baldwin the one who killed somebody? I hear that Gary Sinise is free. Oh, okay, great. He hasn't worked since 2020. <laughs> So, um, what would be the script that we would have Gary Sinise say for the Napping Through Happy Hour podcast? Listen to this damn show. Damn it. The <laughs> Napping Through Happy Hour podcast brought to you by Geekscape. Real life, real drama, real time. I'm Gary Sinise. That's the That's ad. The ad. That's the ad. That's the ad. Meanwhile, in New Jersey... So, Marissa, what talking points do you want to hit on in this week's episode? Well, Jackie, let's talk about how the film addresses the patriarchy. Ooh, and representation of marginalized people. Ooh, ooh, and even philosophical ramifications of good versus evil and horror. We can point out the triangle boobs, talk about the blood splatter, and, oh, the practical effects. <sighs> um, and also the male gaze? My gaze at the males. hi from feminism to fangirling, the Jersey Ghouls cover all the bases of horror from a woman's perspective. New episodes are uploaded every other Sunday. Just search Jersey Ghouls to find us on social media and your favorite podcasting app. Billion human lives ended on August 29th, 1997. The survivors of the nuclear fire called the war Judgment Day. They lived only to face a new nightmare, the war against the machines. The computer which controlled the machines, Skynet, sent two Terminators back through time. Their mission? To destroy the leader of the human resistance, John Carter, my son. The first Terminator was programmed to strike at me in the year 1984, before John was born, but it failed. We're discussing Pet Cemetery 2, starring Edward <laughs> Furlong. <laughs> this week on, on Horror Movie Night. Yeah, that's the intro. <laughs> uh, by the way, um, so you said John Carter. It's John Connor, isn't it? Yeah, probably. <laughs> just just confirming. Over with that movie about the guy that went to that planet. I think it was called Total Yeah. <laughs> God damn, if they could do a, a Terminator Total Recall, that would be really, really cool. All right, so this one was picked by Adam in the sense that it was on a list of movies and Scott and I randomly said, that one. So, Adam, <laughs> why was this one on your list? Uh, I don't know. I've never seen this movie before. <laughs> of course. Um, <laughs> I, I, I Actually, I have seen bits and pieces of it because as I was watching it, it like it struck me familiar. But I've certainly never sat down and watched this whole movie before. Um, so I just, I don't know. It's I was just trying to pad out the list. You guys, so why did you guys pick this movie, huh? 
What? The, the <laughs> falls on you. Uh, I had actually never seen uh, Pet Cemetery Two, and in that giant binder of DVDs that someone gave me, Pet Cemetery Two was in there, and I thought, well, that one will be easy for me to watch. Yeah, I, I had never seen it either, and um, I, I think there's a reason why. I can't quite put my potato on it, though. <laughs> um, so I'm going to make a quick confession. I didn't hate this movie. It's not good. It's definitely not good. But like in the grand scheme of sequels to movies that didn't need sequels, there's far worse than Pet Cemetery 2. Yeah, I feel like if you just kind of... <clears throat> I feel like what they should have done was have it be a lot longer time between Pet Cemetery and Pet Cemetery 2 in like the in the reality of the film, you know, like in that town. Is it what what town is it? Is it Derry? I, I don't think it's Derry. I don't think it's Derry. I can't remember what the town is though. It's like Huntsville or something stupid like that. Yeah, more like Cuntsville because these kids <laughs> are assholes. Um <clears throat> have you ever seen a movie with shittier kids in it? I don't know if I have. Oh, yeah, no. These these bullies are like hyperactive versions of the ones from Hocus Pocus. Yeah, oh, my God. That's, <clears throat> I, I must say, I'm totally a sucker for, like, early 90s junior high scenes. They're always so just charming. It's the all the goddamn flannel and backwards hats and, the, the like, the pump-it-up shoes. <laughs> <laughs> um. Well, before we even get to this town, we start off with Ed Furlong watching his mom get electrocuted to death on a movie oh, set. Oh, you mean the part where she gets Final Destinationed? Oh, yeah. You mean Absolutely. Man, because this was Final Destination about a you decade before Final Destination. to their uncomfortably close relationship? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yes. But it starts with one of my favorite horror movie tropes, which is that you find out five minutes into the movie that you're watching a movie and not the actual movie. Uh, is that like you actually like that trope or are you just being cheeky because that trope kind of sucks? Uh, I'm I'm being 50-50 on that one. Sometimes oh, okay. it makes me laugh. Other times I'm like, oh, fucking this is worse than if it was all a dream. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. I, I, I hate the it's all a movie, but that's not nearly as bad as it was all a dream. And I love Sleep or uh, Slumber Party Massacre, too. So when, uh, when you that's watch, saying something. Uh, fucking... Uh, Crypt Keeper Demon Knight. Did you like it or did you hate it when it was all a movie? <laughs> oh. uh, I mean, I did get an erection, but that could have <laughs> that could have just been because of the Crypt Keeper. That could have been anything. It Literally anything gets that around. At, the at this point, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, he that was what got him started. He had to have a round two, so by the end of the movie, his refractory period was over, and it was time for time for another. <clears throat> uh, it was time to raise the dead a second time, I suppose, is what we could say. <laughs> um, all right, so so hey, can I tell you guys fuck this movie because uh, dog death in the first five minutes? Oh, dude, whole yeah, no, um, gets killed in this movie. It's fucking terrible. <laughs> I but I don't care about the kittens as much as the dog. So, so I have two things about that dog. Um, well, actually, one major thing. So we're, we're introduced to, to Drew and his dad, Gus, right? Um, so his dad, Gus, has this real classy moment where he's 
talking to Edward Furlong and his dad and just being straight up like, yeah, I used to fuck your mom before she got married to your dad, like in front of the dad. Uh, so that's a thing that happens. But there's a song that plays when Drew finds the dog dead that is the most like overly dramatic song that I think has ever been used in a horror movie. Like he's holding the dog and you see the dogs like struggling to breathe and in the background's like, I feel you fading away. <laughs> like, all, all the music in this movie like, fucking awful. It's so bad. <laughs> um, I want to. I have a major issue uh, involving the dog as well, and that's that Drew named the dog Zowie. You don't deserve a dog if that's the name you're going to give it, Drew. You, you suck. Um. Uh. No, it's it's acceptable only if there was another dog named Wowie. That actually makes it worse. Wow. <laughs> Just fucking wow. I also feel like uh, the scene where those kids are carrying that dead dog is like five minutes long with no dialogue. Yeah, Drew's a fucking tank, too. That dog probably weighs 80 pounds and he's flopping it around like a tank. <laughs> well, it was, a, it was like a husky mix, so probably it was mostly fur. But that dog did lead to some sweet naked women with dog-headed nightmares. Yeah, that, this movie is really confusing um, sexually. <laughs> <laughs> it's two things I like, but not necessarily mashed together. Um, <clears throat> so, so back to the music of this film. The, the it's not only bad music; it's poorly placed bad music. It's like all really inappropriate. I actually wonder if Edward Furlong was like, "Guys, I was in the fucking Terminator. We, I get to pick the music," and he like picked all this stuff that he thought was like badass in in 1990 or whenever this movie came out, and um just shoehorned it into the movie. He's like, I don't care where it goes. Just make sure it's in there. He was like, guys, I became friends with Corey Feldman and you might not know this, but he has a music career now. So, (laughs) (laughs) um, I, there's this scene. So, so let's go through a quick synopsis of what's happening in this movie. So basically Edward Furlong watches his mom die on a movie set and it forces him to move to her hometown, which is the site of the original pet cemetery. And he works there or he assists his dad. Who's a vet and goes to school when he's bullied. He befriends this kid, Drew, whose dad is like the local cop named Gus. Um, Gus shoots and kills Drew's dog. They bury it in the pet cemetery. Dog obviously comes back super evil. (laughs) <laughs> then they then they accidentally kill his dad and to cover their tracks also bury him in the pet cemetery which makes him come back as like a weird rapey zombie. Um yeah, I forgot about that yeah, part. There's there's fucking zombie rape in this movie, guys. Yeah. <laughs> and it's our fault. Like it's not even Adam's fault this time. But yeah, we were to like our this- credit to our credit, I don't think any of us had ever seen this movie before, which yeah. is really rare. I don't think that the, this might be a horror movie night first, uh, that none of us ever watched the movie before picking it, and now we're stuck with our shitty decisions. Uh, it makes me wish that there was like a search engine that we could build where you just pop a movie title in there and it'll let you know, like, yeah, there's a rape scene in this. And we could use that to, like, weed out the movies that we discuss on the show. Only, Can we only have... if the URL... Can be searchforrape.com. <laughs> 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 All right. Hey, guys, guys, guys. 
All right, it's it's free. We gotta take it. You are safe. Um, so, wait, 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 wait. So, uh, can we talk for just a second about how terrible all the male role models in this film are? Like, we got um, Edward Furlong's dad, who's a vet, who coincidentally opens up a, 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 a veterinary office in the same building that the guy from the first one supposedly had um and 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 it's just like oh so much coincidence that he like takes this blood and he draws the blood from zowie after the dog comes back and the guy's like why are you pulling my leg sending me dog blood the last guy sent me dead dog blood uh and he's like it's it was it's a live man he's like no it's dead um but his dad sucks and then uh sergeant zim uh aka gus yeah, he's much better in, in Starship Troopers as a take-no-shit drill sergeant um, who does the, the, the most homosexual thing in that movie, which is give Casper Van Dien's chiseled jaw a reason to clench. No, I'm not talking about anything in the communal showers. I'm talking about the time that he whips the shit out of his back. So, anyway, Sergeant Zim is so creepy. He's always playing grab-ass with his wife, who's the, the fat kid's mom. Um, but he treats the fat kid. What's the fat kid's name? Drew. Uh, uh, Drew. Drew. Okay. So Drew, uh, who is, is a a very, very disappointing Kmart version of Horace in this film. He, he, um, he's like always playing grab ass with, with the, the mom. And then he's like talking shit about the kid to his face. And he's just there. There are no redeeming adults in this film. Like, uh, uh, Marjorie, who is, is, uh, Edward Furlong's like housekeeper, uh, she is immediately like trying to go down on Edward Furlong's dad. Like she's basically eye fucking him as soon as she comes in the door. And she's like, "Oh!" And she like puts her hand, hair behind her ear and is like, "Oh, I, I, mm, oh, mm, uh, and she's like just wants to blow him. It's so fucking weird. Uh, but like everybody sucks. The the mom, uh, Drew's mom is not even like that much of a redeeming adult in this film because she kind of just is a victim. She doesn't ever she doesn't do anything after her husband she's rapes her. She's even a fucking character. She's hardly even present in any of her scenes. Yeah, yeah, it's just this this movie has the shittiest plot. It's like so low effort. And and it could be the thing is is that it's not a bad movie to watch. Like it's not a bad movie to look at. It's a pretty good looking movie. The kills are gory as shit. Um, like seriously, when when uh, Gus is going on his killing spree, he like kills all the rabbits. Uh, and by the way, are those real rabbit corpses? Because if they're not, that guy needs a serious raise. So those are definitely real rabbits. Yeah, yeah, I thought so too. Which really. I mean, even if it wasn't for my lifestyle, I would be incredibly perturbed with the fact that I watched somebody skin six rabbits in the movie for Horror Movie yeah, Night. Fun, um, fun so this movie is really, really that, uncomfortable. That was an upbeat little montage with the shitty punk music that Edward Furlong was trying to pimp playing in the background. <laughs> yeah. I, I feel like I, I want to go back to a review that I gave for Bordello of Blood, but this is like the perfect, just like lazy... Like, oh man, it's a rainy day. I'm stuck inside. I just want something that I can shut my brain off for for an hour and a half. Like, Pet Cemetery Two is not not the worst choice that you could have. There's tons of other better movies, but 
If it's on Are TV, you... why not? I don't know, Matt. I mean, there's dog death, kitty death, uh, uh, degloving rabbits, zombie rape. <laughs> I mean, yeah, but on the plus on the plus side, there's that weird scene where they're all just sitting at the dinner table laughing for two minutes. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, this movie is so surreal, but not in like a a good way. It's just kind of like shit happens for no apparent reason, and it's strung along so so arbitrarily. Um, I don't know who wrote it. I don't want to know who wrote it. I hope that they never made a movie again after this because there's so much. There are just so many bad decisions that I, that the editors made. I was going to say, the biggest issue, I think, falls on the editors who just, like, let scenes play out way longer. Like, this... <laughs> I feel like when you're making a movie, there's this point where you're like, okay, so guys, just keep the scene going. Like, okay, guys, I need you to laugh. Can you just laugh for, like, I don't know, like, two minutes, and we'll, we'll just get, like, the best part of that laugh and throw it on into the, the final project. And then, like, the editors were like, I think he wants us to keep the whole two-minute take, so let's just leave that in there. (laughs) There's, like, a weird middle part of this movie where the two kids get, like, a wacky zombie dad for a bit, and they're trying to, like, hide his wounds and stuff. Like, what the fuck was that? Yeah. But you know what? All this needed was wacky sax playing in the background of half the scenes. (laughs) Yakety sax. Uh, You know, I, I... and most upset uh, in this film about the fact that they spent more time laughing at the dinner table than they do showing them try to like fix the zombie dad. It's just it, the pacing is garbage. Uh, you know, I, I've not even like di- dived into my notes because it's so weird. And like the so, um, let's talk about the really really shitty um, the the kid that grabs the kitty and like runs away with it. He's got the spiky blonde hair, and then he tries to use his dirt bike to kill Edward Furlong. And then Gus comes along and decides to let Edward Furlong live for no apparent reason, but then decides to kill the kid. And does that kid come back from the the pet yeah, cemetery he's, too? Yeah, with the mom when the house is on fire and stuff. Oh, that's right. Yeah, this movie just throws so much shit at the wall. But that kid is awful. Like. Maybe he is a good actor because I hated him. I legitimately hate that kid's face. Yeah, he, um, that kid went from like zero to a hundred on the awful human being scale. Cause like, as much as I don't like the kidnapping of a kitten type thing, I feel like that's a thing that I've seen a bully do in real life. Like that's like, okay, it's shitty, but I've seen it happen. Trying to shove a kid's head through a wheel spike so he could chop off his nose is like a whole nother world that didn't exist in my brain prior also, to this movie. Um, Gus, Gus accidentally killed him because it was fucking happy birthday to me. He got his scarf caught in the fucking wheel of the thing. Oh, that's right. <laughs> uh, let, the on most list, shocking list, deaths you'll ever see. What's it just ate? It felt like forever. Uh... <laughs> So so uh, we can just make a list of all the times that the shit in this movie was done better previously. It, so uh, we have that death being be- done better and a happy birthday to me. Uh, also, there's one thing this movie does that I don't think any other movie can say it did. Death by Potato, which is <laughs> fucking absurd. Well, to be it, fair, Sleepwalkers has death by corn on the cob. 
We did just see. <laughs> At least that thing like makes sense. By submarine sandwich, not that long ago. <laughs> Man, I'd watch Death by Submarine Sandwich ten times before I watch Death by a Potato again. <laughs> it's like so, but the thing, the weird thing about that is this movie is just so uneven because there, like, there are these weird, absurd moments, but then you're like crashed back into the reality of the fact that Gus just run ran his wife and son off the road and smashed them into fucking potato trucks yeah. and then and then the the camera just um it 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 pans down the pile of potatoes to a bloody fucking foot yeah and just it's lingers just so, there for a bit yeah yeah i don't know I, I don't think that they edited this movie at all i think that you're you're talking about how they're like yeah yeah just make sure that you get x amount of X amount of film and, and X amount of time so we can pad this shit out Chucky Band style and then they made an hour and 40 minute movie because they never actually edited things or cut anything at all uh, there's one other thing that I want to talk about though uh, that I have in the notes um, and we talked we touched on her briefly but the housekeeper who for no explainable reason just decides to wear a dress that she found in the attic as if she owns the fucking place. I mean... Yeah, yeah, yeah. She's awful. By the way, can we just talk for a minute about the fact that that girl was in PCU? Yes, she so was. So commence PCU no, quotes man, now. No. <laughs> telling you no. Put my fucking foot down. Now, <laughs> I, I do have an explanation. Hey, Ponytail, oh you suck. <laughs> Go to sleep! I Go to sleep! That. When she first meets him, she, she was a fan of the mom. So she comes in, she goes... I was such a fan of your wife. Want me to dress up like her and we can fuck? Like, so, <laughs> like, right away, she's... Yeah, that's, that literally is the yeah, thought process. Yeah, You're uh, not embellishing. So, when she finds a dress, she obviously recognizes the dress from, like, a movie that the mom was in, and she's got this weird, like, I'm gonna replace you single white female thing going on, so... <laughs> Fair enough. Um, did this come out before or after single white female? Uh, let me confirm. It may actually be the same year. It's 92. <laughs> 92 seems I think that's like the a same single year. white female year. Yeah, man. Yeah, I got some acid wash jeans and a leotard. Yeah, same um, year. Both of them came out in 92. My goodness. Uh, but <clears throat> you know how much we love head trauma on Horror Movie Night? That douche kid Clyde, that's his name, I, I realized, I have, my second to last note actually says his name. Um, <laughs> the, the, uh, the, he gets some gnarly head trauma. It's pretty good. Yeah. Um, the last thing that I had written down about this entire movie is that Edward Furlong looks really fucking creepy in that shot where he's just sitting in a rocking chair. Yeah. yeah oh, yeah. creepy throughout. My last note about this film is the fact that both Pet Cemetery and Pet Cemetery 2 end with Ramon's songs, and I think that's pretty sweet. Yeah, uh, this is the same director as uh, Pet Cemetery. Well, that oh, doesn't explain really much at all. He did no. such a good fucking uh, job with the first Pet Cemetery. What the hell would you she? Do? She. Oh. oh, this is a she, and yes. she was okay with the zombie rape. Wow. Oh yeah. Uh, I feel like she did something else noteworthy. <laughs> Not much, but yeah, let me did. see. I'm going to take first quick on-screen zombie rape. That's pretty noteworthy. 
Oh, I. If you look at the Wikipedia, are you, you sure it's the first one? It will actually show you. This was the first instance of all three hosts never seeing the movie on horror movie night. So that's probably the other thing that, <laughs> that you're thinking of. Um, you need to screenshot that shit before an actual mod from Wikipedia changes it. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay, so I guess what I was thinking of was that she directed a lot, and I mean a lot, of Madonna music videos. Hmm. And she I don't did... I know how I feel about that. <laughs> she did Halloween Town Part 2 for Nickelodeon or Disney or whoever did the Halloween Town <laughs> movies. Oh, no. No, I don't know how she could do like Halloween Town after doing this. Yeah, she didn't do a ton of movies, a lot of TV, it looks like, and a lot of music videos. Uh, any of you guys have any additional notes? Uh, no, not really. Um, pretty lackluster movie, all told. We've watched a lot more fun stuff than this. It was just kind of meh, whatever. I just kept thinking, thinking to myself, yeah. like I kept making like Terminator Two jokes in my head and. American History X jokes and shit the whole time I was watching it. I can't watch an Edward Furlong movie. Like, he's just tainted. We're making an ad. Napping ad. This is where I think if we're doing it right, Alec Baldwin comes in. He says a couple things. Mm -hmm. He listens to the podcast every week. Has he been canceled? Was Alec Baldwin the one who killed somebody? I hear that Gary Sinise is free. Oh, okay, great. He hasn't worked since 2020. So, um, what would be the script that we would have Gary Sinise say for the Napping Through Happy Hour podcast? Listen to this damn show. Damn it. The Napping Through Happy Hour podcast brought to you by Geekscape. Real life, real drama, real time. I'm Gary Sinise. That's the ad! That's the ad. That's the ad. Meanwhile, in New Jersey... So, Marissa, what talking points do you want to hit on in this week's episode? Well, Jackie, let's talk about how the film addresses the patriarchy. Ooh, and representation of marginalized people. Ooh, ooh, and even philosophical ramifications of good versus evil in horror. We can point out the triangle boobs, talk about the blood splatter, and, oh, the practical effects. (sighs) Um, and also the male gaze? My gaze at the males. From feminism to fangirling, the Jersey Ghouls cover all the bases of horror from a woman's perspective. New episodes are uploaded every other Sunday. Just search Jersey Ghouls to find us on social media and your favorite podcasting app. Psst. Hey you. Do you like the Tales from the Crypt series? Do you like spooky things in general? Then check out the Good Evening Kitties podcast. That's Good Evening Kitties podcast. G-O-O-D-E-V-E-N-I-N-G-K-I-D-D-I-E-S podcast. Each week, I'll review a new episode from the TV series, The Tales from the Crypt. Find me on Podbay, Podbean, or iTunes. That's the Good Evening Kitties podcast. Check it out today. So what did you guys watch this week? Um, I will go first because I didn't watch anything. I've been... I read, um comic books i read a bunch of uh the comics the 30 days of night you guys remember that movie like the josh hartnett movie or whatever yeah uh oh yeah i've been reading the comic yeah. the way that they do the lettering and stuff in that comic is like when the vampires talk the letters are all like weird and scratchy and like fucked up it makes the it just literally makes it hard to read 
It's not... It's, don't do that. Stop doing that. Just make it clear to me what is going on in the fucking comic. Uh, but they're okay. It's honestly... Uh, it's it's weird to me that somebody based a movie off that concept. I feel like we could write... I mean, let's get a movie made, guys. We can do this. If this guy could do this... <laughs> I've been seeing that for five years, man. So I oh. rewatched one horror movie uh, that I hadn't seen in a while, and then I watched a movie for the first time that I had purchased uh, months ago when I was in San Diego. So I rewatched uh, Cat's Eye, because I went to Best Buy, and it was uh, there for $3 on Blu-ray. So I figured, no better time to add Cat's Eye to my uh, DVD collection. Um, pretty, I, I for, always forget that that's actually not a terrible anthology film. Um, and I always forget that it's only PG-13. All three stories have their own like kind of dark element to them, which I like. Um, but the best one is definitely... The first story, uh, Quitters Inc., with James Woods. Um, but everyone always talks about the final story with Drew Barrymore being attacked in, in, at night by a troll and the cat that, that saves her. Um, but yeah, it, it's nothing that I would, I don't think I'd watch it again anytime soon. But I'm glad that I have it in my collection for like my niece who's starting to get into horror movies. Like, I think it's like a good, like, you know, young kid who wants to watch horror movies starter kit. Um, the other thing that I watched, I wouldn't recommend showing to any child. And that was the last horror movie, uh, which was shot illegally at Cannes film festival in the eighties. And it's about a crazy film director who wants this one woman to star in his movie. So he follows her to the Cannes film festival and starts stalking her and filming the movie around her. So it's basically Bowfinger. But if you want to watch a movie that ends with your main character smoking pot with his 80-year-old grandmother, who's played by the actor's actual grandmother, while a really weird version of Mammy but from the fucking jazz singer plays over the credits, then uh, the last horror film is the movie for you. So I am in the process of giving up finishing season one of Van Helsing on Netflix. Um, I have been slogging through that for like three weeks now, and it is just nothing, man. It is, it's everything I hated about I Am Legend, basically. So uh, we get, it's supposed to be a female Van Helsing, the world's overrun with vampires, but there are like three different kinds of vampires. There are like the super smart ones. There are, they are grunts, and then there are ferals that are just kind of like wild animals, obviously. Uh, and, and, and like uh, the blood of Van Vanessa Helsing, that's why it's called Van Helsing, just so on the fucking nose, I can't even stand it. Uh, the, 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 her blood can reverse the effects of the vampire virus, but also when she bites them which makes no sense, and I wish that they would just explain that. Maybe I missed it because I keep falling asleep watching it. Um, the, the production value is pretty high, but it does all the things that I hate about post-apocalyptic movies where everybody's arguing and people are like, no, we should do this, and then somebody else is like, here, get in this cage because I don't trust you, and then somebody else is like, oh, I want to murder humans because I'm a sick fuck, even though there are only X amount of humans, blah, blah, blah. Um, and it's just a whole lot of drudgery to get through for a couple fun fight scenes because, like, the fight choreography is sweet, but 
it happens basically never. So I, I don't know if I can make my way through the end of it. After after the uh, terribleness of sitting through the entire first season of Riverdale, um, I just, I, I don't think, I don't know. I, my, my bullshit tolerance is real low. But here's the thing that bothers me the most about this film, or about the, the series, is, okay, so the, the pr- premise is that there are vampires. It's a disease that can be spread via blood or bites or whatever. And um, the super volcano underneath Yellowstone Park explodes. It goes off and it sends ash into the atmosphere and therefore it's always kind of hazy out so the vampires can roam free. Um, and vampires love to just like, like the head vampires, the ones that are smart, they're kind of like the, they're kind of like the decadent vampires in like Underworld, I guess, okay. but not nearly as cheeky. But uh, they, 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 like, they like to kill people for sport. And I think, okay, if, if people are your food source, you can't just like play with your food and then not eat it. There's going to be a finite amount of people unless somewhere along the line in this show they're going to show that that um, the the head the smart vampires are like keeping humans and breeding them so that they can have more humans but then again there's only x amount of regular food for humans cuz it's not like the vampires give a fuck they're not like growing corn or beans you know it, it, it's not like they can go and eat like they can't go suck the blood from cows. Humans can't go eat cows because all the cows have died. It's been like three and a half years since the vampire outbreak. So it really breaks my suspension of disbelief um, that anybody would even be alive at this point because there there's a finite amount of resources. And that's the kind of thing that my brain goes to when I watch post-apocalyptic TV shows or movies. And therefore, the reason why I avoid them most of the time. So if anybody gives a shit. Don't watch Vanessa Helsing. It's a shitty pun and not a good TV show. But the one redeeming value is that the main guy looks just like oh, yeah, a jacked Stephen Bay. Matt, look in the chat. Do me a favor. Say that word out loud. Finite. 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 Or finite. Why do you keep saying Are you trying? Uh, are you are you trying to tell me that I said finit wrong? Because because hey, how do you say? You can say infinite, right? Infinite. So finite and finite are both acceptable say uh, pronunciations of the word f i n i t e. <laughs> Fuck you both. This has been horror movie night. So that was <laughs> So that was Pet Cemetery 2 from 1992 picked by Adam but kind of sort of really picked by Scott and I. If you think that you can do better, send us some suggestions at hmnpodcast@gmail.com. Don't forget to visit our website at hmnpodcast.com. Also, you should rate and review us on iTunes and all that good jazz and maybe give us some money at patreon.com. Come on, give us some money. Why not? You won't. You won't. Come on. Give us money, dick. Uh, <laughs> Please, we only have a finite amount of money in w- with which to make merch. <laughs> uh, and we're getting close to the end of the year. And if you're checking the Facebook page, you see that we have the poll posted for what movies are we going to discuss 
early in early 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 2018 you can pick one of those movies picked by the three of us what are those movies i don't know because we're recording this super in advance but that pulls on that page god damn it so you should go and vote for it edit that part out you dumb shit We're making an ad. Napping yeah. ad. This is where I think if we're doing it right, Alec Baldwin comes in. He says a couple things. Mm-hmm. He listens to the podcast every week. Yep. Has he been canceled? Was Alec Baldwin the one who killed somebody? I hear that Gary Sinise is free. Oh, okay, great. He hasn't worked since 2020. <laughs> so um, what would be the script that we would have Gary Sinise say for the Napping Through Happy Hour podcast? Listen to this damn show. Damn it. The Napping Through Happy Hour podcast brought to you by Geekscape. Real life, real drama, real time. I'm Gary Sinise. That's the ad. That's the ad. That's the ad. Meanwhile, in New Jersey. So, Marissa, what talking points do you want to hit on in this week's episode? Well, Jackie, let's talk about how the film addresses the patriarchy. Ooh, and representation of marginalized people. Ooh, ooh, and even philosophical ramifications of good versus evil and horror. We can point out the triangle boobs, talk about the blood splatter, and oh, the practical effects. <sighs> um, and also the male gaze. My gaze at the males. hi From feminism to fangirling, the Jersey Ghouls cover all the bases of horror from a woman's perspective. New episodes are uploaded every other Sunday. Just search Jersey Ghouls to find us on social media and your favorite podcasting app. You're listening to the Geekscape Network. 